So welcome to another episode of uh, Life With No Filter, in which um, normally four of us um, who've all had uh, some form of brain trauma talk about what life has been like, um, both in, initially in, in the period straight after finding that out, but more now about what life is like in so-called normality. Uh, but we're uh, we're a person down today, so normally we would have Kavita here, um, as well as Vanessa and Brooke, but she's um, she's actually tired today. And which we've covered uh, with fatigue and many other times. So the three of us are going to uh, heroically pick up. And uh, today's topic <laughs> is uh, is one that we've all um, experienced. And it's uh, the challenges of travel and the challenges. I think it's the challenges of travel and the challenges of, of yeah, challenges of travel and holidays and 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 those type of things when you've um, got the side effects of a brain injury. Have I got that right, Vanessa? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I was thinking holidays. I was also thinking, aren't we talking as if we're, uh, we're in a very privileged position that in that we can go on holiday because there are people who have brain injuries and literally they can't travel, whereas um, yeah. we are very fortunate. But it does bring up issues, doesn't it? It does. It does. Um, so, well, what... Yeah, I mean, it's something that I've uh, experienced. But uh, Vanessa, what, what's your own personal challenges when it comes to travel or trips well, or holidays? Right. Well, I'd say for um, so I'm just over eight years post brain injury. And I'd say for the first couple of years, I would have been quite happy to have camped in Salford Royal Hospital car park. That's where I felt safe. I just needed to be that was my, my comfort so um home definitely and then Salford Royal that's where I felt um yeah relaxed um, which is quite bizarre really uh the first holiday that um I did I think it was uh, probably 18 months post-injury uh we went to North Wales uh to stay with my aunt which is somewhere I've been loads of times in my, in my life before so it was familiar um and just a couple of hours drive down the road even though it probably took us I think we had to have two stops on the way just because driving well being a passenger no, I can't drive but um it was just exhausting seeing new things and um and I do remember uh, unusually for North Wales it was sunny <laughs> um i remember that but i remember being um incredibly tired and i think a lot of it was just the change of scene because when you're at home or in familiar environments you know that the armchair's there or the telly's there you're not your brain almost like filters it out but this was everything was different you know relatively new even though i had been there before um but then, um, you know, since then, I've, um, well, been all the way to New Zealand. It was, um, we, before I was ill, got um, a trip planned to Down Under. And um, I think five years, six years post-brain injury, uh, I fulfilled that, um, that, um what's an idea dream of um traveling um to the other side of the world and it was absolutely amazing uh it wasn't 
without complications but uh, and we hired a camper van and that was very good for me in that that was familiar um so although you're going to different places all the time you're within a um a familiar environment um so yeah so that that worked for me um do either of you two want to say anything well, it's not bad. You have to go back to home, Oh, yes. Yeah, so like in the middle of the, you know, right, pull over in this lay-by and you just need a 20-minute nap. And you've got a loo on board as well. <laughs> one, thing <laughs> my, one thing that my dad did was he was got this um, a VW van that he was meant to be oh, con yeah. converting into a, into, a, um, into a camper van. And um, in typical my dad fashion, it was, it's, it's, <laughs> it's about 70% done. Um, it's the, fridge, <laughs> the, the, the oven's in, but it's not plugged in. It's not hooked up. But um, <laughs> one thing it's got is it's got a bed. And we used to go. Um, it was quite good, quite a good fathersome bonding thing actually. We used to go um, wherever we used to go. We used to go in a span, and I, you know, my parents were the only ones that know knew me really. You know, people think people think they understand your fatigue, but they don't really. It's, I think people think you just, you know, you need to go to bed for half an hour and you'll be fine. You know, you can just carry on. But it's, it's really not like that at all. Especially, like, you know, quite often going to bed, you it takes you like an hour to, to calm down, doesn't it? Um, yeah. You get any rest at all. But um, I used to go in this in this van and, I'd, you know, I'd always have the, the ability to nip outside into the car park um, and just have a quick rest there. We did this. One of the first things I did was in um, Scarborough. It was in Yorkshire Coast College. It was a fitness course. It was a, like a level two gym instructor's course. It was one day. It was only like a one day a week, but I think it was it was a full day a week. So um, I'd have preferred it to be in like maybe two afternoons, and you know I could have maybe done that. But it was one full Monday. So how we did it was um, my dad dropped me off in the morning. He kept he had his bike in the back. He rode his he rode his bike home, and he kept his he left his camper van in the car park. Left me with the keys. Um, me, pack lunch was in the fridge. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. And then so I used to go in morning lessons, and then I'd go at lunchtime. I'd go into um, I'd go and get in the camper van and just have my half an hour's kip and eat my lunch. And that's how that's how I did that. Um, we did yeah. that two times. We went on various camping holidays. Me and my dad. But man and my dad's camping holidays were we'd drive and stay in a hotel somewhere. <laughs> but, um, that was that was quite good anyway. Went in a few different places. But in terms of in terms of like international travelling, the first place I went was with my parents. Um, went to all inclusive in um, Agadir in Morocco. I can't really remember too much about that. Um, do you remember flying and things there? I mean, do you well, remember what it was like? First start, I wasn't allowed to fly for a little bit. Um, right. For, for a, well, a year um, coming out of hospital, you know, for the pressure on your head and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Then um, I think it was two years or three years internationally. And um, yeah, in terms of organising, I know I've done a few, done a few things, but looking back, I was just saying to Vanessa, she was saying about, Actually, she had a bit of a panic attack in the airport, but I was saying that how I didn't really, didn't really bother me. But then again, I didn't do any of the planning of it. I didn't do any of the organising. I just kind of turned up. And um, <laughs> no, I, 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 
Go on. I, I, I used to travel through airports every week um, and sometimes it'd be two airports on the way to um, a job in Switzerland uh, I used to go to. And so I, I never thought anything of just going through airports, going through the security, going through the check-in. It was all used to be automatic before brain injury. And then um, I remember doing my first flight on my own to Belfast um, to, to see at the time um, my mum. And, um, and, and actually it, it was, it was all the logistics of the, you know, the ticket was on the, on the phone, but it was, it was the things like I went through security and I left a couple of things at security, you know, like in the tray. And I would never have yeah. done that in my life before. And I just got myself in a paddy, a complete paddy because, and I was tense, you know, and, and, um, I tried to go through it in the way that I would have done before. I didn't give myself enough time and, and, and whatever else, but it, it was, I was anxious and I was, I was nervous. And, um, it, it, you know, that thing that used to be so automatic to me, I, it was strange. And, and what I realized was, you know what, um, check a bag in. I used to never check a bag in, check a bag in. So, you know, you've got it out of the way. You don't have to worry about the bag. And if you have a carry on bag, take less things on it so that if you you're less likely to leave something at the security desk basically you know the security scanner um so strip that stuff back leave yourself more time than than you think you need and you know again it's things like get to the gates early so that you know where the flight's going from you know and, and it became little things like that, that I had, to, it's almost like I had to relearn the baby steps of going through an airport before when I used to go through two or three airports every week for years, you know, it was like, I'm automatic, hmm. but, but you, you can't get, you can't do it. It just, it's almost like you're having it, you know, that terrible thing, strategies, tactics, you have to create new procedures for yourself. Do you know uh, what really then, Hmm. I was going to say, do you know what really helps in those situations? A checklist. Yeah, good point. It's yeah. a good point. It's, um, you know, even though... There's you also, like, you know, you have to show your boarding pass, your passport and things like that. And it's, you know, where do you put those? And then you have this a panic about, you know, are they in this pocket? They're not. I've never travelled um, on my own. Um, I've always had... A responsible adult <laughs> with me um the, but the first time um i went through airport security at manchester airport i had a panic attack um i mean it was brought on you know through the anxiety and the, the stress of the you know the lighting and the, just the whole ambiance of the place is you know compounds to send you into a panic Plus they, so I was with my husband and they split us. So it was male and female. So then I was on my own and there was a delay because they'd taken somebody off to search them. And I just, oh, I just remember being, I was actually sick. Um, and actually that was quite a good thing because then they, <laughs> they took me through. Um, but now um, I was recalling this tale and um there's a thing called assisted travel and yes. um, through airports and on flights. And that's what I do now. 
Um, I've been on the back of one of those sort of electric trolley things that takes you through the airport, which is actually, it's really good fun, but it's like, so um, you can get, so you can have, um, you know, wheelchairs or electronics, electric trolley things, but also when you're going through um, security and then when you actually, you can get on the plane first. Yeah. Um, so that's quite good because you can get on without loads of people and you can sort of sit there and uh, adjust to it and acclimatize. Um, the best thing was we, uh, when we flew to New Zealand, we went via America and um, at LAX, we had this assisted travel. I was absolutely exhausted. And I don't know if anybody's, you know, tried to get into America, but it is horrendous, mm, isn't it? All the yeah. visas and everything. So um, my husband had booked the assisted travel. So I got into the wheelchair and this lovely lady took me through. But, um, but you go through where the crew go through. So you don't have to, anyway, it's brilliant because she knew what cues to join. She knew all the shortcuts. Well, you know, we're straight through and I'm just sitting there in the wheelchair, you know, being whizzed through. And we were staying with a friend and she took me through, you know, and we claimed our baggage and everything. And then when we got through, I saw my friend and I hadn't seen her for, I don't know, about 10 years. And I leapt up out of this wheelchair and gave her a massive hug. Now, I'd never said that. I couldn't work, but everybody was like looking at me. Oh, my goodness, it's a it's miracle. miracle. She's got <laughs> leapt from this wheelchair. But it's... It's not just for people who have physical mobility problems. It's for people who have brain injury. And when you've had a 12-hour flight, mm -hmm. you know, your brain does go and you can't read signs. You can't, you know, almost, I'm not saying impossible, but putting your foot, one foot in front of the other, say in a, oh, anyway, I would highly recommend that. There's also something, um, a oh, lanyard, Sorry? How do you get that assisted travel? Um, when you, you book your flight, off. you do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never, I've never booked any travel. Right, okay. um, I wouldn't, goodness knows where I'd end up and what I was doing or whatever. But, um, but I think it does it come up with an option or something. I think it's quite easy to do. But I'll, I'll find out if you brought. So you, I um, think you but can the, contact the airport directly and then request it. At the very yeah. Least. Well, I've done it through Manchester Heathrow and Gatwick. So. I suppose they're the three ma major airports, whether the smaller airport. Mind you, I have, um, we went to Belfast a couple of years ago, Rod, and we flew from Liverpool. And actually, mm -hmm. that's a really nice airport because it's really calm, especially compared to Manchester. Um, so that, that was a lot, a lot better. Um, yeah, but also, there's um, a lanyard that you can get, which is, I think it's got sunflowers on it. It's like green and yellow. And um, it's recognised in supermarkets and places like that. That, you know, I've got um, not mental health problems, but, you know, I, I suffer from anxiety or whatever. And I know that Manchester Airport recognised that as well. So even if you haven't got assisted travel, if you wear that, then it's sort of the staff are trained to sort of not interrogate you as much maybe well, I, I, I know that um i i uh have to i i take uh, growth hormone so yeah and it's got a needle pack and it's a bit like um if uh, people take insulin i i have a, a letter when i travel i have a letter um that goes with that because 
um, especially if I'm traveling internationally and you, you need to take it at a certain time, um, you don't want it in your case. Um, but also sometimes it can freeze if it's in the hold, um, I think. So um, I have a letter that goes with that that says that, you know, I, I'm allowed to take this liquid because, of course, it's a liquid uh, through through um, the, um, the security. But it's just all those little things just make the, the process that little bit. Well, the planning of it, it's just a nightmare, isn't it? And that's one planning is something that quite often diminishes with with brain injury doesn't it but i would also say that always take your medication in your hand luggage because if you lose your your, your luggage you're and you're screwed on you yeah so yeah, i would yeah, yeah. not being ashamed as well you know stuff like that but if you you know if you do need if you do need help and just ask for help and it's hmm. like i'm somebody who's like i remember you know i was in my early 20s when i had my brain injury and it was like it's kind of uncool and you know to be different and um, i've tried to like i've tried to just you know act as if i'm totally fine all the time you reminded me earlier vanessa of the uh, when i was um i went to canada to see some friends and um, it was a bit of a nightmare flight actually there was somebody actually had a i don't know if they had a heart attack on plane or something but um, oh. the um Anyway, they were asking for a doctor, and um, anyway, what happened was they landed, the plane landed at Iceland, um, on the runway at Iceland, so I've technically been to Iceland, it was, um, <laughs> it was snowing, and then, and then we um, flew on to, on to Toronto, and it was just, it added about three hours onto the journey, and I was knackered anyway, and then when I got there, um, so I was like, <clears throat> I was doing a bit of a funny route plan, I was doing, um, so I landed in Toronto, I was staying there for a few days, then I was flying to another friend's in Florida, and then I was flying back to Toronto, and then back to Manchester, and they were just basically, they thought I was just going to stay in Canada, like illegally kind of thing, and they were just interrogating me, and they, they got my bag, um, put my bag on the table, absolutely took it all, all to pieces, and like asked, asking me questions and stuff, and I just, it was just exhausting, and um I suppose that was in, when was that? It was 2013 or 2012, I think it was. And it wasn't, um, I didn't have any form of uh, ID to say um, that I had a brain injury or anything. I was just like, I was just, just, just completely exhausted. And like, you know, when you've got fatigue, it's not really like being tired, is it? You just absolutely. Well, can't you can't even think, can you? So uh, they're asking you questions and you yeah. can't, and you can't make decisions or anything. Yeah. Very luckily, Betty, the, mum of Catherine I was going to stay with she um, spoke to the, the, the people there um, and you think you think oh, how friendly all Canadians are but airport staff are friendly <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but I, I guess now there's um, I've got that headway sort of ID card that yeah. so even if um, I'm sure it's not recognised internationally but if you had that on you at least you could sort of yeah. show that couldn't you so does anybody uh, find that you know when they're away say on holiday that because it's a new routine and there's new spaces that it just takes longer to settle in or to become um comfortable like familiar yeah but i think as well you have to plan in you know if you're going for a fortnight in spain not that any of us are at the moment but the travel is exhausting and it's almost like well don't plan anything for the first couple of days especially if you've got um what's it called jet lag you know from 
going through different time zones you know that completely throws you out as well doesn't it mm. Wait, yeah. so um so I, i've just got a, f a few things here the, the planning that's involved in it so we've talked about medication and whether you need vaccines um like the the travel arrangements and the flights and transfers um the other thing as well is to check your holiday insurance is valid um which you know that can affect some people more than others depending on the the, the brain injury um i find um decision making is certainly not my strong point nowadays so packing it's just a flipping nightmare, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, um, well, do, do you know, the, the thing I find with packing is um, we were away for the weekend the other week, and I, I always pack far too much. I, I can't actually keep it efficient at all or or minimal. I I'm I have pack I have things for every scenario and whatever. I'm I, I constantly have even if it's just one night. I have the biggest bag. I, I can't make that yeah, can't yeah. make the decisions associated. Do you know that's something that's wrong with me? Like I, obviously I live in Manchester, but quite often I go home to Scarborough or see my parents for the weekend. And just the, the process of um packing a weekend bag just absolutely yeah. fills me with terror. I absolutely yeah. hate it. I'm so yeah. I'm, I, I'm exactly with you, just like I put it off and put it off just because I just can't make that decision and i don't know in this country it is hard because of the weather because if you are going to southern spain on holiday basically you don't need a, a fleece and jumpers and things like that but oh no i, I know what you mean i just put it off and put it off and then, oh well sometimes I like, really i'm seeing sometimes i'll go running sometimes i'll not sometimes i'll you know be going out sometimes i'll be having my tracky bottoms sometimes I'll, you know so you can't really do I, do I pack like eight outfits? Or yeah. Something else? <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? The, the other thing is, um, I mean, this doesn't affect us three, fortunately, um, but to check for disability access. So I know that, uh, I think it's Travel Lodge or Premier Inn, you know, they do have... Um, special rooms you know that have wider doors and you can get in and out of bathrooms and everything but that must be really difficult if you have mobility um issues checking out that somewhere's um accessible without stairs and things um and the other thing is um if you have memory problems just remember to take loads of uh, photos when you're on holiday because you come back and you can't remember you might remember where you've been but you can't remember what on earth you did but but yeah. i think now everybody has phones so you're taking loads and loads of photos but um that, and you go, oh yes i remember doing that but, but even like for example if you're staying somewhere take a photograph of yes oh i'll tell you what is a top tip if you ever hire a car make sure you take a photograph of it as well <laughs> um so yeah i mean it is i I've always loved travel, um, but it is something that nowadays you have to sort of invest in it mentally a lot more, um, you know, and I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I've got people who will book 
travel arrangements for me because I know that, well, I doubt very much that I would be able to uh, to do that competently and end yeah. up where I need to be, and especially if there were transfers involved, flight transfers. Um, it, it, I, but, guess, I guess the message is it, it can be done still, but it just needs a little bit more prep planning and a bit more consideration. But, you know, generally airports are quite supportive of people with any a number of forms of disability and if you tell because it can be very um scary places um at times yeah. you know with security and all that and because you're rushing through them and there's not many checks but actually if you contact them they will support you and and they will help you if, mm. if you're you know if you're able to to do that in advance also rod when you travel by train um there's, I don't know if it's for um, people with head injury or brain injuries, but um, certainly I've seen them, you know, when they get, um, you get to a station, they'll get a ramp out yes. for people with physical disabilities. I don't know if they recognise ones people with, but maybe if you wore that lanyard or showed your headway card. Um, Where do you get the you lanyard know, from? Do you know I got mine from Sainsbury's. You just go to the customer services and ask for it. Um, but you will, you get assisted travel support, I think, in, in a lot of stations, or at least there'll be somebody there right. to make sure you're on the right train, you know? Right, um, yeah. And, uh, and generally, as well, on long distance trains, the guards are really friendly, aren't they? You know, when they yeah. come round and collect your ticket, they'll tell you where you've got to change and. Um, and I think it, it's all good when things are going right, but if you have a delay, that sort of sets you off into a, a panic, doesn't it? Especially if you've got a connection to make. Um, yeah, it, I guess it's it's ultimately it can be done, and it it can if you get through it and you do a journey and you've done a lot of it yourself it's actually quite rewarding. I mean, I'm going to say it's like, a massive sense of achievement, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's, it's right. like, just yeah, have either of you been on the tube since yes. having a yeah? Well, what's that like? Because I would imagine with the crowds of people uh, and the so, noise. So, so I, I did a few journeys back to my old um, company down in London, and I did the usual journey I would have done, which would be train into Euston and then get on to the tube, um, to uh, tube across London, get off, um. And then walk to the to the office, and it was the the pace and the speed of what was going mm. on around me, um, and and it took a while to get used to that. And I I mean those were journeys that I just knew intrinsically off the top of my head. I, it was like a pattern in my head, but I I I, um, I was very essentially a were if you like you know um, mm. and uh, again it's don't have too many bags that you're worried about just you know keep it keep mm. it simple keep it simple um, as possible like i think um you know what's been really good for me in the past traveling is um like a money belt have you seen them it's like a bum bag. oh yeah 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 so i've had that and it keeps you you have your money in there your passport in there well weather so your, your money your, you know your tickets your passport and you, you know you've always got it on you so it's, you know otherwise you're constantly checking your pocket out you I'll make sure I've got my passport I've got this I've got that so mm. it's, yeah keep it as simple as possible and keep it all in one place I'd and say as well 
Yeah, I'd say as well when we're talking about um, busy places, if you are planning a holiday, maybe look at, you know, not going to New York the week before Christmas or some, something like that. You have to be perhaps more, you have to consider more where your destination. Um, but, yeah, but holidays yeah. are brilliant and... Um, you know, it's worth the investment, but you just have to perhaps not impulse travel now. You have to plan it a bit more. And... Like early, early doors, I had um, an occupational therapist that used to say to me, you can, do, you can do anything you want. You can do anything you want, Brooke. And I'm like, I still don't think that's true. You can't think, I think after you've had a brain injury, you can't do anything you want, but you can do, there's a lot of stuff you can do. It just takes a lot more planning. You yeah. At a certain time in the same yeah. Yeah, and we, we've had some of our very best holidays in the last four and a half years. I mean, I've been um, to safari in in North Africa. Now, not organised by me at all, all done by me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, my biggest concern there was, would I remember it? And that's where loads of photographs help. Yeah. You know, um, and I've been to New York and saw a friend that I haven't seen for a while. Uh, again, all because of hell, not, not because of me. Yeah. And, and, and I have felt like a complete passenger, I have to say, because normally in the past, I would have been the one who would have not organized it, because I, uh, but I would at least know what was going on. Um, and and I, I took a view, which is look, I can either stress about this and stress that I'm not pulling my weight, or I could just go along and be the passenger and, and let somebody else take yeah that that's what i do i used to be very bossy and controlling some would say that i still am um but yeah just to be um just be a passenger and sort of do what you're told when i'm saying like stand there and don't move right okay i'm not <laughs> yeah I, 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 even just simple things about like your passport you know i i, I got myself a, a travel wallet um or it was good yeah. for me and that was all my travel documents would go yeah. in that one wallet. And it'd be separate to my money wallet, but I would know it was there. Uh, and, mm. you know, I, I used to hate the fact that somebody else was holding my passport going through, you know, on my behalf. You know, I passport was part of your, I don't know, your identity. And, mm -hmm. and you know, actually, the moment I, I, I could look after my own passport and because I had my travel wallet, it would go in the travel wallet and that would go into a bag and I knew it was there. That was okay and I, I could be calm then and, and also i could be more in control so it's just those mm. little things that can help but don't, don't run before just, you uh, can some, walk. um things like what so when you're uh, traveling with someone of well of the opposite sex or but when you go to the airport and you need to go to the loo and you leave them somewhere and then you have to try and find them and it's busy and oh that is me one of the most stressful and i used to enjoy going through like duty free or whatever now they come towards you spraying perfume and, and you're just like oh my god i just want to get out of here don't you know so you see that's, um, that's where i i I'd always say to helen right this is our rendezvous point you know right um, yeah so if we if we head to the toilets sometimes it could be a completely different exit you know i say right this yeah, is where yeah. we're going to meet and it just takes that anxiety oh yeah yeah. Anyway. So, yeah it's just so things take a bit longer and you just have to plan them yeah you do. but you know i i would say 
try it and try it with your eyes open in terms of giving mm. yourself more time to pack and yeah whatever. and actually now because we can't there's very limited foreign travel we do i think baby steps so you know try having a, a british holiday and so it's not as yeah, at least you're not complicated with um language and currency and time zones and things like that exactly exactly but uh, i guess if, if you're feeling anxious about it you're not the only one i think we've all been there at different times being anxious mm. about the things that we used to take for granted that you know are new again really yeah good well i think that's just done yeah happy holidays <laughs> yeah wherever <laughs> you are in the uk yeah. <laughs> right until okay. next week guys see okay. you soon bye, bye. Cheers, bye.